tuning into the Inner Revolution podcast. My prayer today is these words will speak to you where you live and create lasting change. Good morning, friends. Just want to connect with you again here from Scripture and want to talk today about words. We look around today and there's a lot of interest in words. People understand words in different ways. Some people even think that words that are controversial can be hate speech or there can be future interest in words that would make certain words a crime. But when you think about the Bible, Jesus was someone who always spoke to the heart. He was someone that really heard from his father and words that penetrated uh, just fluff and cultural norms. His words cut right to the heart and address the issues of the heart. So when we're thinking about words today, we really want to make sure our words come from God's presence in Psalm 17 too. Now these words sometimes can be uh, really hard words. They can be soft words. As Proverbs says, a gentle word turns away wrath. Uh, words can be uh, something that can really change someone's day. It can open someone's spirit as we point them to their potential in Jesus Christ, or they can close their spirit. They can be angry words, words of reaction because of unresolved conflicts in our own heart. We can have gracious words, words that are creating something. And don't you love the grace of God is uh, that it always is creating something uh, and pointing us back to Jesus. I'd like to think about some interesting thoughts today about words and whatever comes out of our mouth really comes from the content of our heart in James chapter 3. And if you read James chapter 3, you can see that the tongue is the only member that can't be contained or cannot be controlled. But it says in 423 of Proverbs to guard our heart, for out of it come the issues of life. So our tongue needs a bridle. Our tongue needs to have a place of submission so that the words that come out of our mouth, they are used to edify and not to destroy in Ephesians 4.29. That word corrupt in Ephesians 4.29, do not let any corrupt communication come out of your mouth, but only that which is the use of the edifying to the hearer. And that is that word corrupt in the Greek means to anything that would damage love. Don't let any words that would come out of your mouth damage love. Now, we look around today and there's a lot of mudslinging, I mean, on social media, and I'm amazed at how Christians can criticize so quickly with their words. And of course, the world as well, um, there is no bridle on their tongue. And this is a time really when our Christian witness is so important uh, because the world is watching to see if we're any different than the others. So our words are a testimony of what's going on in our heart. Communication, the word communication, comes from the word commune. So whatever is going on in my heart, if I'm anxious or arguing or double-minded in my heart, uh, James 4.1 says that arguments will come up and spring from my heart and will be combative and reactionary. But if there's peace in our heart, because our mind is stayed on him, Isaiah 26, 3, then we'll have peaceful words 
or will speak peace in Isaiah 40, verse 1. Now, granted, this is something that needs to happen every day, moment by moment before God. None of us have perfect communication, but it's something that we should be slow to speak and quick to hear, as James talks about in chapter 4. But when we think about words today, what is it? What is the content of our heart? Because that is where words come from. Galatians talks about it. Paul talks about it in Galatians chapter 2, verse 4. Very interesting set of words there that people come, brothers, it says, brothers, come to spy out your liberty and to lead you back into bondage. Very interesting verse that People listen to your words, they watch your actions, they see your decisions, and they spy out your liberty. Very interesting phrase in that verse. They, they are looking to understand why are you so happy or free or carefree or convinced or have conviction. And their objective is to lead you back into bondage. Paul says it in chapter 5, verse 1 of Galatians, do not forsake your liberty. Do not leave that place of liberty that God has given you, that place of freedom, that place of security, and enter back into bondage again. So it's so valuable to protect and guard what is sacred in your life. And words are uh, so important. They're, They're like darts. They can be something that is offensive and uh, gains ground, or they can be defensive, and they can be protective of what you have. So offensive in this sense, you know, we think of offending people. That's not how I mean it. We want to be careful to always speak to people's capacity. We don't want to shut people down just because we're passionate about something and the other person is not really knowledgeable about it. So our words must always be seasoned with salt in Colossians 4 chapter 4, verse 6. So we want to have words that are speaking uh, in love in Ephesians 4.15. And we want words that are towards that person's capacity. Maybe someone can't handle a harsh word or a hard word. So we want to be kind and gentle in Galatians 6.1 and really speak to their capacity, speak to where they're living. And most of all, the nonverbal communication is the most powerful communication. It's what we're doing. It's what we're deciding. It's what we're uh, valuing. And that brings up an excellent point. You know, uh, when we think about communication, uh, we see that uh, 8% of what we say is based on content. If we think about communication for a minute, 8% of our communication is words. 38% of our communication is tone how we say what we say. You know, you can have great words, but if if our spirit is like uh, reactionary, uh, the words will almost be inaudible. Uh, And then 55% is body language. And this is why what we say is important, but also how we say it is vitally important because our our nonverbal actions are uh, the, what, our facial expressions and, and our tone, these are communicating between the lines. So I'm not encouraging us to be hyper self, self-aware, but to say that words are important, but also how we speak them. So again, uh, we're looking at Galatians 2.4, people are spying out our liberty. And, and by the way, 
This is so valuable to guard what is sacred in your life, like guard your prayer life, guard your study life, guard your church life, guard your friends. And what I mean by that is they're not for sale. They're not for sale. Don't talk behind their back in a destructive way to assassinate character. Why? Because God says, I take your words very seriously in Romans 2 verse 1. And actually, if if we talk about somebody that's gossip, true or not, it's still gossip. If we write down in a negative way about somebody, that's slander. And in 4.14 of Romans, what we say and do will come off of them and we will live in compound judgment. So we have to be very careful with our words, very careful, because our words bring life or they bring death. They bring liberty or they bring bondage. They bring hope or they bring fear. So this is why uh, we need to speak to ourselves with words of hope in life. You know, uh, the psychologists say that for every sentence that comes out of our mouth, we are speaking to ourselves 37 more sentences. So again, what are you saying to yourself? What is your self-talk? What is it that is rolling around in your heart, in your mind? We want to protect that liberty. We want to be focused on the promises of God in 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 4, that cause us to escape the corruption of this world through lust. Well, think of this verse, Proverbs chapter 25, verse 11, giving you a lot of scripture today because words are under fire. Uh, I just feel like people are, I mean, our world is on fire because of inflammatory words, these words that are spoken. And 2511 of Proverbs really gives an interesting point here. It says, a word fitly spoken is like apples of gold in settings of silver. I was thinking of that verse, context, context of words. That's what this verse is saying. A word fitly spoken or a word used in its proper way is very beautiful. And it's set in a very secure setting. Now, when you hear something from somebody and don't understand their heart, it's very easy to misunderstand their words, to misconstrue, and to get offended. But when there's context, when we understand the person's heart, it's a fit. The word fits in our heart. Uh, just like you'd build a wall, every rock would fit uh, exactly, and it would build up a, uh, a structure to keep something in or out. So same thing with words. It's a boundary. It's a boundary. So if I don't understand the context of words, then it's easy for any of us to go off on tangents and enter into inflammatory speech, slanderous speech, gossip, and uh, really enter into a whirlwind of words. And as James chapter 3, it, it says it can create almost like a forest fire in our heart. So what are we saying today? We want to say that we want to understand the context of words. Like in our world today, secularism or the cancel culture that regards uh, anything that's not culturally acceptable to be uh, canceled out or to be rendered irrelevant. This is a real thing. We're seeing that on many levels. Uh, we want to make sure that we understand the heart of the original meaning of the word. You know, you look in these old dictionaries and a lot of these old dictionaries, uh, these, these writers were theologians. They were believers and they came from Christian perspective, a Christian context. 
Uh, the secularists really want to change that. They want to redefine things. The progressives really want to make it fit a more neutral or progressive mindset. Well, words are words fitly spoken or used in their own meaning. They are very powerful. You know, wars are started with just words in some cases. Reconciliation is started. Uh, and forgiveness is started by just words, like these powerful words, I am sorry. You know, Gary Chapman wrote an excellent book called The Five Languages of Apology. You know, it's more than just saying I'm sorry, but it's acting and and ministering in the idea of reconciliation. It's not just I'm sorry I get a get-out-of-jail-free card, but no, I'm sorry and I'm acting in a new direction and I'm serving and, 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 and building something new. So words, words, a word fitly spoken in context is very beautiful. So again, uh, asking questions. Sometimes when we don't understand something, we want to clarify or get definition. It's so important to understand what is that person's heart behind what they're saying? That's a very good question. Number two, am I personally interpreting what am I, what I'm hearing? And, and causing it under the filter of my own understanding. And then three, you know, again, you know, looking at these words is what is the big picture? What is the big picture of what they're saying? You know, sometimes people can speak very quickly and they can use less words, maybe because they're under stress, they're angry, or they're just under fear. And so it's important to uh, not to come to quick uh, conclusions, but to ask questions and to believe the best, especially if it's in our family or a loved one, to give them grace, especially if they're under pressure. But when we're reading or looking at things uh, in our world, we want to understand that people are redefining things and that our words must be clear and concise. And we may need to explain the definition so that people understand what we're saying. Uh, because uh, it's so easy for the devil to traffic and confuse words. Okay, well, Psalm 80, verse 10, interesting verse, Psalm 80, verse 10, open your mouth wide and I will fill it with words. Interesting verse, you know. This is a time for believers to not be silent, but to use the right words, words of truth, John 6, 63 and 66. You have the words of life. The truth or the words of truth will set you free in John 8, 31. So we see different platforms and different uh, angles uh, where people have free speech is coming under fire. What kind of words are being uh, scrutinized? Words of truth. So when we open our mouth wide, the content of our heart will come out. So we want to make sure these are not just our words, but they're words of truth. You know, Hebrews 4.12, the words of truth are powerful. They are uh, aggressive. In this sense, they're pulling down of strongholds. It's never about people. It's never about attacking or making people the issue. Uh, Matthew 4.4 said, you know, Jesus said, it's the words that I speak that will turn away the devil. It's these words of life and truth are what changes the atmosphere. It's the words of truth that changes our mood and changes our mindset from fear to faith. So words, what kind of words are we using today? Well, again, 
the psalmist is saying, Lord, fill my mouth as I open it wide. You know, how many of us have been in situations where we don't know what to say? And maybe we're nervous. And God says, just listen, just prepare your heart. Fill your heart with my words, my Bible, and I will give you the, the fitted word. I will give you an exact word for the hearers. And, uh, and don't worry about what you say. I will fill it. Just be prepared and have um, dependence and, uh, and understanding that I'm with you. Well, these are such important days to uh, really have discernment and wisdom with our words because uh, inflammatory speech, uh, speech that ignites hatred, ignites anger, ignites controversy, uh, it's becoming more and more of an issue. Um, it's amazing how small-souled and how um, just sensitive people are. So, you know, one of the great strengths of grace is restraint. And what I mean by that is maybe we want to say everything in our heart and blast the person in front of us for some injustice. But actually, restraint may be uh, the wise way. Because the, the question is, can this person bear what I'm about to hear? Can this person even receive what I'm going to say? Can Will this even change what this person's going to do, you know, you know, casting pearls before swine. Again, you know, again, is that proverb in our world today is a very relevant piece. Yes, it is, because we can use thousands and thousands of words and have no impact. And then we can just use a few words, fitly spoken, and it can break the bone. It can touch the heart. You know, it's amazing when someone is broken or hurt, and you say these beautiful words, I love you, I'm with you, or whatever God gives you in, a, in an empathetic way from his spirit, they can change the person and bind the brokenhearted and uh, heal the, uh, the wounded spirit. So words are very, very important. So I don't want to get caught up in wasting words. I don't want to get caught up in wasting uh, energy with my own words. So what are my own words? My own words are words that uh, reveal my own self-interests. They words that defend myself, justification words, you know, the whole reason why I'm doing what I'm doing. You know, again, we have a theology without apology. We speak God's words in his spirit. And Ephesians 4.15 is very important. We want to speak the truth in love. And that means in a spirit of grace, in a spirit of gentleness, and uh, let the pieces and the consequences uh, fall where they may. Because when they're God's words, they have godly consequences. So just to encourage us today, there are people spying out your liberty. They're spying out your conversation. They're spying out, why is that person so relaxed? You know, and it's always interesting in a worldly setting, when we don't speak like the world, act like the world, or try to entertain as the world, but our, our language is a language from above. Uh, and it draws people. It draws people. Like, why is it that you're all about, you know, you're relaxed? Or why is it that you can forgive when that person did wrong to you? Why is it that you're not uh, a gossip? And by the way, I just got to say this, is when we remember someone else's sin, we are remembering something that God has forgotten. Now, I always get a little bit 
ticked about this because, uh, you know, again, forgiveness is a big deal. And I believe someone should be accountable. I believe someone shouldn't be in denial. But I also believe that we should not be talking about people's sin. Uh, why? Because there's only one judge. And uh, we are not God and we're not a spiritual police department. So we go to that person alone in Matthew 18, 15 through 18. We go to them alone. So we make sure that we have all the information correct. So we don't assume and then presume. And then we look like an idiot. But we get the facts and we go in a spirit of gentleness in Galatians 6, 1 and say, listen, you know what? I just want to make sure I want to be a brother that helps you get to God and reconciles with God here. Because that's the issue that we're reconciled with God. I want my words to be counsel and not advice. I don't want to add a vice to someone's neck. Counsel is from the heart of God. So again, when, when you come across someone's sin, uh, we want to very, be very careful not to be like a publisher of someone's sin. And uh, so we go to that person alone. And then we assume the best, right? We want to assume the best. And then uh, we understand that God will be uh, God will be faithful to reconcile this. So let's, so let's say you go to that person alone and they reject you. Then you take another. Matthew 18, 15 through 18 is very clear. And then, of course, if they reject that, then you communicate to that sphere of influence where that person is to warn people uh, of the divisiveness of that person. Now, that's very rare that that happens, but we're seeing that more and more. Uh, but I think the first step is often missed to go to that person alone, to make sure that we are not there as an investigator, but we're there as a brother in love and plead with that person with gracious words, with words of truth, not words of preference, not words of culture, not words of why did you do that? I can't not shame words, but say, hey, listen, you know what? Let's reconcile with God and let's uh, don't render evil for evil or add sin to sin in Isaiah 30 verse one, but let's seek God and be restored with gracious words. Well, these, you know, when I publish someone's sin, uh, just in the name of, oh, we want to keep that person accountable. We want to warn people. Let's do the first step first. Go to that person alone and make sure that we have things in context. And then we're doing everything possible not to shame them and the testimony of Christ. You know, when you read Psalm 103 and you look in verse 10, God does not deal with us according to our sin but so many people do that. They are just absolutely out of their mind with order and trying to make everything uh, based on their on their mind uh, about it. They're they're like God. They're playing God in people's lives. Yes, First Corinthians fourteen forty. God does things in order, absolutely. But His order first starts with submitting to His word. So again, when you hear someone's sin, take it to prayer. Take it to prayer. And then when you go to that person, oh, they may say, oh, you're judging me. Well, there's a big difference between judging and discerning. Discerning lifts up truth and makes the issue the kingdom truth issues. Where judging makes it all about my opinion, uh, my emotional reaction to the matter. Uh, 
And we're in an age where people don't want to uh, hear truth and they have itching ears. Well, our delivery, our approach is everything. And sometimes there may be tears and there may be silence and there may be uh, just coming alongside and just serving that person and really finding out what the true issue is. By the way, the problem that we think is the problem is very rarely the real problem. What is the real problem? It's always a spiritual problem. So it's a hard issue. Everything directly connects to our walk of faith. So uh, again, uh, being a brother, 1717 of Proverbs that loves at all times. In 18.4, same thing, a brother is born for adversity. I don't see so many people like that today where they're just quick to spout off their lips and uh, they, they divide friends. How about a brother is born for adversity? Which means, again, going back to 25.11 of Proverbs, they're remembering words in context. Let's not be a tale-bearer. Let's be a reconciler. Well, hope these words encourage you today. Open your mouth wide as we reach out to the lost today. I heard an, an excellent uh, quote that, Evangelism is one beggar showing the other beggar where the bread is. I love that. One beggar showing the other beggar where the bread is. Today, let our communication be one of a silver tongue. Let's be one that shows others where the nourishment is, where the where they don't have to starve any longer. Let's be ones. You know, it's interesting. I call them roadblock communications. Let's say someone comes up to you with an open-ended comment. You can shut it down graciously so it doesn't go through a rabbit trail by by simply saying, oh, I'm sorry you feel that way. Or other statements that don't allow words to continue down a destructive path. Shut it down. Shut down those inflammatory words. Shut down those those statements that lead to divisiveness. Shut down those... Uh, those communications that damage love uh, and and redirect. Redirect is like a train in a train track. Redirect them to words of hope. Take over the commun- communication and introduce a Bible verse, introduce a principle, introduce something that is life-giving, life-giving words. People are seeking for a message. People are seeking for hope. People are seeking for uh, something that reveals their meaning and purpose. You know, (laughs) today there's so many words slung around like mud hitting the wall. Let's be uh, those that have a word fitly spoken. You know, these are the last days, this last season, and these are where the the world is looking for a message. No matter how much they fight it, try to shut it down, or try to shame it or assassinate characters. You know what? God's word will last forever. It's forever settled in heaven in Psalm 119.89. So let's speak from a language above today and uh, build the wall together in our hearts. As 1 Peter 2.5 says, we're lively stones connected together unto the glory of God. So God, help us with our words today, Lord. We want to be slow to speak, quick to hear from your spirit. Father, forgive us for wrong words, and we want to be ones, we want to be like billboards, Lord, that point people back to you.
In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks, friends, for joining us for another episode of the Inner Revolution podcast. Please find us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube, and subscribe so that you don't miss an episode.